Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Well, word of Rex Tillerson's demise came out on a Twitter. No surprise there. Yes, earlier today, uh, Trump announcing that Rex Tillerson has done a great job but is moving on and he's going to be replaced in the position of Secretary of State by Mike Pompeo. Pompeo, rather. I want to bring in Wendy Schiller, Professor of Political Science at Brown University. She joins us today. Hello, Professor Schiller. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Some people would think that Rex Tillerson probably should have been gone a few months back because the writing has appeared to have been on the wall. But what do you think ultimately led to President Trump getting rid of Tillerson now? Well, I think the speculation now is that Tillerson came out pretty strongly against Russia in this investigation of the poisoning of the ex-KGB agent in Britain. Um, And uh, Trump has been very reluctant to criticize uh, Russia. He's reluctant to enforce the latest round of sanctions against Russia. And Tillerson apparently had a fairly contentious relationship with the president in personal terms. Uh, Trump apparently needs handling, and you can tell him he's wrong, but you have to do it in a certain way. And Tillerson was fairly blunt with the president. And even though Tillerson's quite close to Secretary Mattis, the Secretary of Defense, and they were kind of a team, uh, it didn't work for the president anymore. And so he felt like he got along better with Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo is uh, currently director of the, C- the CIA. He came from uh, the Congress, from Capitol Hill, which might help a little bit more in a, in a Secretary of State position, just because he might be able to have better relationships with Congress. Tillerson came in completely from the outside, with no real experience in diplomacy or bureaucracy, and he wasn't even that popular at the State Department until about last fall, when he finally seemed to get it and put more resources into trying to staff really key positions. His comments when he left today were very complimentary of the State Department and respectful of diplomats. So I think he grew into the job a little too late. And by that point, I think the president, once he decides you're not on his team, as you've seen with Donald Trump, you know, he's pretty quick to say goodbye, although he didn't do it at first. In person, he did it over Twitter. And Wendy, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that Tillerson came from the outside because that was Trump's mantra when he was running. You know, drain the swamp, wants to bring in people who aren't all bureaucratic and haven't been part of the government for many years. But ultimately, how important is that? Because as you say, Mike Pompeo, he's the CIA director. So is that going to help things for President Trump when it comes to trying to understand how he can move things forward? Because it doesn't seem to be working with bringing people in from the outside. Well, right. I mean, the drain the swamp was a great campaign slogan, and Hillary Clinton used special interests herself in 2008. People use it all the time, but in fact, the most contentious relationship the president finds in Washington is with Congress. That's the relationship that, you know, always has trouble, whether you're the same party or the opposite party. It's just structurally built where the Congress doesn't go along with the president all the time. So the president actually has a cabinet that looks a lot like a lot of other cabinets in terms of where he found the people from. Rick Perry is a former governor, for example. Um, He had Mike Pompeo, obviously, from Congress. So he has a few outsiders. He held over somebody from a prior administration. And the Secretary of Defense, of course, is a general. So... 
not as if these are newbies across the board for Trump. And what he's found is he really does need the guidance and the experience of people who've been in Washington to get his policies enacted and his policies respected and implemented by the bureaucracy. I don't know if he'll be successful with that, but I think he's figured out that he needs to have more people with more experience rather than fewer people with experience. So the swamp isn't going to get drained anytime soon. So he still needs that guidance, but it seems that he still wants people to be able to, well, surround himself with yes men because it seems the ones who go against him, they're out the door. Yeah, he does. He does, except apparently the state of defense has been able to kind of get through to him and you know, lead him in a different direction. Uh, you know, but he will govern the way he governs. And we have a bureaucracy in the United States that is pretty vast and large and uh, a structure that keeps going, even when the president has staffing difficulties. You know, Bill Clinton had a pretty rough ride his first two years in his cabinet with his staffing, uh, all the way from the chief of staff to various uh, appointments and nominees that went, you know, were rejected by Congress. So the question is, does Trump pick new people and settle down for the next two and a half years as he faces re-election in 2020, or does he keep this tumult going? And the, the risk for the president, and of course for the country, is that you can't move anything forward if you keep changing the, the players in the game. And that's interesting because if people supported the Obama administration policies, many of them are still in place because the bureaucracy isn't staffed up well enough under Trump to replace those policies. Mm-hmm. With the exception of some energy policies, generally speaking, there's not that much that's been completely reversed by President Trump, because he just simply doesn't have the, you know, hasn't filled the positions to get the bureaucracy going to reverse those, posi- those policies. So it, in, in effect, it's very status quo right now for the president, and you have to wonder, is the tax bill and building the wall and deporting people who are undocumented all that he's going to need to do to get reelected in 2020. And the test of that will be 2018 when the American public goes to vote in a lot of local elections and the congressional elections. What kind of signal do they send about how the government is doing under Trump right now? Now, I know you say it's uh, probably Rex Tillerson, uh, what he thought should have been a harder line on Russia. And uh, I'm reading a senior administration official saying that Mr. Trump wanted to have a new team in place in advance of the upcoming talks with Kim Jong-un. How important is that going to be going forward, especially with these talks that a lot of people are questioning why it's happening in the first place? Well, I, have, I mean, you could go all the way back to the George W. Bush administration. You can go back to the Clinton administration with uh, the father, the Kim Jong-un's father in North Korea. And you have to say to yourself, there's been a lot of talking between the United States government and North Korea at various points in time or through, in, through China, through other intermediaries. And it hasn't done anything to stop the progression of North Korea in a, trying to obtain or obtaining nuclear weapons. So I I think the argument that something has to change in the way that the United States deals with North Korea is the right argument to make. And I think Trump is trying to find people who are willing, not necessarily that he will use force, but are willing to concede to him and say to him, yes, Mr. President, force is on the table. We are willing to attack in some way. We're willing to show um, uh, Kim Jong-un that we're willing to use force. And nobody is really letting the president entertain that notion. And I think that's his frustration. And if you look at the history, we certainly don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. We don't want war. But everything else up to now under many prior administrations, Democrat and Republican, has not worked in any significant way to deter the nuclearization of North Korea. So I think that's what the pivot that the president actually wants. And we'll see if he gets it. Interesting times as always. Wendy, thanks so much for your input on this one.
My pleasure. Thanks. Wendy Schiller, Professor of Political Science at Brown University. It's 417.